This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. The guest on my show this week is Jonathan Sneer, CEO of ClickLab. We have a lot of traffic coming into the website that's not converting today. And many tools and many uh, tactics are being used to try and fix that. But eventually we see that only uh, friction converts. The numbers, the benchmarks that are stated today by um, Forster and uh, Mark T. Sherpa and other researchers that we looked at are talking about two to four percent converting to leads and only half percent converting to opportunities. And the reason for that, at least from what we found, is that on B2B you give the same experience to everyone. The fact that it's not one size fits all. And a lot of people are being missed out because they're not used to doing this kind of experience in today's world where everything is becoming much more simple in our consumer hat. So the idea is to try and understand for each visitor when and what's the next best thing and when he's really ready to speak and move to the next level of the engagement. Not too soon, not too late. This is Jonathan. He's the expert in data-driven marketing with over 16 years of experience, helping organizations utilize technologies to improve business performance. In 2016, he founded ClickLab, together with Ari Zex, who now acts as the CTO. And prior to ClickLab, he opened a marketing agency focused on helping brands transform their marketing operations into data-driven organizations. And before that, he served as the director of global marketing operations at Nice Systems. It was a big idea behind Jonathan's company that triggered me to invite him to my podcast. We explore why, after so many years of marketing automation, the tools we use still suggest visitors to our website with the wrong topics of conversation, which is awkward, or ask people for their commitment way before the time is right, which is annoying and pushy. We then address how technology such as AI is offering us a completely different approach to the challenge, one that delivers results almost too good to be true. By listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, how by staying curious and challenging the established and accepted ways of doing, it is possible to deliver remarkable impact. Secondly, how in a crowded red ocean market it is very possible to get customers to shift from a competitive solution to yours by having clear differentiation. And thirdly, why the traditional cloud solutions for marketing have been focused on the wrong metrics of delivering scale and quantity, i.e. output, where the real impact is created when you focus your product strategy on quality, i.e. outcomes. 
get started. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what drives you as a person? Sure. So first of all, thanks a lot for having me and happy to be on your podcast. Sounds very interesting. First of all, I think that what my background is and what drives me is that I, I am highly interested in what connects technology to business value and how to improve the business using technology. That's what I've been doing from the day I started my professional career, I would say. The thing that I did change from time to time is my positions and the departments I was working for. So I started in IT, responsible for ERP, MRP, CRM, different types of companies. And then at a certain stage, like 10 years ago, almost, I decided to move to marketing and utilize my experience, noting that, you know, marketing is becoming more techie and more data-driven and missing people with that knowledge because... Back then, marketing was more about brand awareness and, you know, uh, about messaging and stuff that's high, uh, that less, is, uh, less measurable. So that's what drives me, the connection. And that's brought, brought me to what I'm doing today. Okay. So you started a company called ClickClap. When did you start a company, by the way? We started in early 2016. Okay, early 16, yeah. So tell me about the big idea behind ClickClap. So today, what we're doing, and I'm saying today because we did do a small pivot from the day we started, is we're highly focused on inbound marketing, helping B2B companies utilize better their inbound traffic and convert the leads that come to their website into qualified leads, into known qualified leads, meaning we have a lot of traffic coming to the website that's not converting today. And many tools and many uh, you know, tactics are being used to try and fix that. But eventually we see that only uh, friction converts. Yeah. And there's a few reasons that we map that is causing this. And we're coming to solve this by providing a solution that is kind of a smart brain that you add to your website. And it tries to predict and apply what's the next best action for each of your visitors without you needing to do the manual optimization or workflows. So it's kind of a recommendation engine that's building a journey towards conversion that utilizes your content. And uh, whenever someone comes in, we try to identify whatever we know about him from his current visit, maybe past visits, and predict what's the next action for them towards that's conversion. Good. That's good, yeah. That's interesting. So that's, that's the big idea, but uh, do you have any facts behind it? Like... What percentage of traffic is wasted? Because I think every marketer is, is struggling with that. Yes. Yeah, so the, the numbers, the benchmarks that are stated today by um, Forrester and the marketing share by another researchers that we looked at are talking about 2 to 4% converting to leads and only half percent converting to opportunities. But looking at these numbers without digging in is unfair because today we know that out of the 100% of the traffic we're getting, not all of it is high quality traffic. True. So in order to clearly know, and I think many marketers are not doing this, first of all, you need to filter out bad traffic, traffic that's visiting pages that are less relevant, traffic that is not staying long enough on your website, and maybe from sources that are irrelevant. Create those filters and then only focus your and analysis and, and you know, uh, insights based on the real traffic. So if That's we great. cut that down, then you will see the numbers a bit growing, and yet you would see that majority don't convert. And the reason for that, at least from what we found, is that 
on B2B, you give the same experience to everyone. So if I land on a blog or you land on a blog, kind of we will see the same page, right? The same content. And the site is kind of, or the marketer is kind of assuming, okay, if that interested him, he will continue on to navigate or he will, you know, apply to the pop-up by pushing his face uh, 70% scroll after 70% scroll to fill in my details to, to get a subscription. But the fact that it's not one size fits all. And a lot of people are being missed out because they're not used to doing this kind of experience in today's world where everything is becoming much more simple in our consumer hat, right? When you go into uh, e-commerce, they predict what other products you may want to buy. When you listen to music on different apps, you see that it's recommending what other music you you will most likely be interested to listen to. And on our sites, it's not happening. So that, that's the main reason. And the second reason is that the marketing tactics that we've been using for so long are, are really not uh, adjusted to how we as consumers want to uh, consume content and to get informed. So we're being pushed too much to fill out forms and to get our data way before we're ready to, you know, to move to the next step of, let's call it the date that we want to give us, give our details to the vendor and get emails from them or even a phone call. So the idea is to try and understand for each visitor when and what's the next best thing and when he's really ready to speak and move to the next level of the engagement, not too soon, not too late. And, uh, That's an important element as well, yeah, exactly. And without having that, you know, people don't stay on your site and don't feel the details and feel bad and maybe even will not come back if you give them a bad experience on their first visit. Mm-hmm. So what is the opportunity if, if a customer of yours get this completely right? What is the result of this? So basically, we are looking into, you know, the, doubling the, the engagement and conversion rate along the time after the, our machine learning algorithms work for a while and learn how to optimize. But there are many things to take into account that we work with our customers in order to optimize this. It's not a lot of work. It's just the understanding of how much content they have, what's the quality of the traffic that they have today. Many times, you know, we get traffic. And as I said earlier, it's not exactly the buyers that we need. So they're not converting overall. So we cannot, you know, improve a website that's not converting. We can improve a website that's converting X to Y. We, we start at a certain point. And uh, it's all about, you know, the quality of the content that you push to the machine to use. So there are a few things that differ. And there's also obviously the way that the, the company journey is. Like, is it a, a company that sells expensive products and the cycle is longer and people visit more times? Or is it something cheaper that uh, you need to grab the, a hold of the lead as soon as he comes and try to convert him quicker? And that's the kind of things yeah. we need to learn. So it really differs. We're trying to focus on the, you know, on the mid-sized market, those companies that are not enterprises at this stage, at least. And that they have like an initial marketing team, a content strategy in place. Uh, decent traffic, but are lacking the resources, you know, to be able to leverage everything. And that's where our technology can come in and help them out. Yeah, but have you got any percentages of the improvement? Do you get double the conversions? Yeah, so it's from, you know, it's from 20 to 30% improvement and, and up to a, uh, even a double. Mostly we start with conversions, uh, so with engagement. So you can see the bounce rates going down, the time on page and the session duration going up by far yeah. for... When we, we actually have uh, embedded in our product uh, uh, what we call the traffic split. 
that during a certain period, we don't show the recommendations to all of the visitors. And then we are able to show you on top of Google Analytics how well the traffic that does get recommendation performs versus the, the traffic that doesn't get recommendations. So smart. you can very quickly see the differences. Yeah, the exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's a smart thing to do. So what was the aha moment? I mean, when did you come to the idea to, hey, this is something that is a big, a big problem there's money behind it. It's important. It's important to uh, to companies. When did the spark come? I would say that it was back in the days that I was uh, in a position of uh, leading the marketing operations department for a, a big enterprise that I was working for, and I was kind of implementing many tools, uh, Marketo, and uh, many startups came over to me to try and have me try out their. Uh, tools and I, I was very much aware of what's available and what's not and I saw that you know while email marketing and marketing automation dealing mostly with the lead flow and the and the outbound the inbound was kind of neglected although you know you could say HubSpot is the inbound company and everything is not new yet when it comes to the traffic of the website and being able to build their journeys and not just after you convert that was something highly missing and right. All the tools that I was using were requiring a lot of manual work. So they, there are many tools today that enable personalization and you know different messaging on the website to different visitors. But if you look at them, you see that it actually creates more work for the team and it's very hard to optimize. And that's when I said, hey, there must be a better way. There must be an easier way that we plug something, we let, you know, we use the machine learning and we let it do the work for you rather than every time look at the results and do A-B testing and do it per page or per banner. And that's how the, this ID came in. Obviously, as we progressed, we, you know, we learned more, we saw more use cases and how to optimize what we're doing to the customer need. And it wasn't like the first hit on the first time. We, it took a bit of time to tune. Yeah, you said you pivoted the company. Yeah. That's, that's likely where, where you came to the realization that your initial idea wasn't optimal or that the second idea was, was better than the first. Yeah, yeah the, main, the main change that we did, we always had this concept in mind. But if you look uh, at the time I started thinking about this, uh, back then social media was a very good inbound channel. It was yeah. before Facebook changed their algorithm um, to uh, you know, show uh, only a small percentage of the organic posts there. Yeah. So we started by trying to leverage more capabilities from social media and we had the ability to start those journeys that I'm talking about, not just on your website, but also when you share third-party content. So let's say there was a great article that's relevant for your followers on a, a certain publisher. You were able to share it through ClickLab and track how your followers engage with that content and also continue the journey from there into your website without any integrations. And yeah. by the way, we still have that capability, but unfortunately, you know, today to get organic traffic from social is very hard. So people don't tend to share as much as before third-party content. True, okay, I agree. It has changed as well. Yeah. Interesting. So from the journey that you started the company early 16 to where you are right now, what were what did you learn from it? What, what were the things that, uh, that you did specifically to make the product deliver what, what value it delivers today? I believe that the, the main thing where we have improved along the, the, the journey of you know, the last two and a half years is the way that we 
experiment and test out or release new features. In the past, we were like working on a, not a large feature because we are working agile from day one and, and, and Lean Startup is the concept that we are working yeah. through. But we were like saying we don't have too much time, you know, to uh, learn from our customers. Let's develop it and see how it goes. And today we have created our own internal tools that enable us to do very quick testing on different uh, concepts so we can get actual results in a short time before we develop full product. And this is something very important. It's not possible for every product or for every industry, but we do have a partnership with a, a website that has a lot of traffic and it's kind of a playground for us. They get the yeah. product for free and we get the traffic and we are able to experiment there very quickly with the tool that we built. And this enables us to, to push things and go to market faster with new concepts uh, before we invest too much, which is very important for a startup like ours. I can imagine, exactly. So were there any things that you decided not to do? I mean, when you're a startup, like you say, it's about getting the minimum viable product out to the market and evolve from there. But since, of course, the idea can, can go into many directions, as you're growing your customer base, uh, it can also go in the wrong direction. Were there any moments where you said, hey, no, this is the vision, we stay on the vision and we don't do it? Yeah, there were cases that I did that and there were cases that I didn't, which were a mistake. So, you know, you, you get tempted a lot of times uh, by different uh, opportunities, I would say, to go in different directions. Yeah. And they look, you know, especially in the early stage where you are not really sure yet if what you're thinking or what your vision is is going to you know to be the right way so there's a lot of interruption and you make more mistakes the more you progress the the, the sharper you get and the less cases you have where you will try something that's not in the right direction but we certainly had these cases i can tell you that we wanted always to be on the b2b side but with our previous product we suddenly saw a very high conversion rate from b2c Okay. Uh, so, and we said, hey, great, but it wasn't our product and these guys were not willing to pay. So, you know, if we were listening to ourselves and, and keeping on track to say our background is B2B, we know that the buying cycle of B2B, both in terms of how they sell and how they buy is different than a B2B to C, then we wouldn't have tried that direction, wouldn't have taken a longer time than we, we should have to do the pivot. Yeah, for exactly. Example. That's true. Yeah. So out of, kind of the work that you've done so far, were there any surprising byproducts that, that yeah, could, you, could be the, the result of pivoting your company again? I don't see for now any byproducts that we will pivot, but we did kind of find new ways and directions to do small but uh, exciting features that came out without planning it up front. Yeah, that's always uh, interesting. So, for example, today we are able to engage and continue the journey and measure PDF files, for example, which is something very unique in terms of, first of all, it's very valuable for B2B because B2B uses PDFs as a high quality, uh, you know, premium content. But when they use them today, they invest much more than a blog or any other type of content. And it's not measurable because once someone clicks on it, they don't really know how people engage inside. We do. And the second thing is that, you know, once someone is in a PDF, you kind of lose him. It usually opens as a separate tab or inside your site and, and they don't go back to the website. We are able to continue the journey inside the PDF with no special integration. So this is kind of uh, cool and uh, a nice differentiator. We're already seeing some competitors 
trying to go in that direction, which is fine. You know, it's not a patent or anything, but I think, you know, being pioneering in the way we, we do things and having, you know, although we are small competitors, try to do things similar is, is a good uh, kind of state. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny how sometimes these, these small things that where you stumble upon become something that's actually quite valuable. Because like, I agree with you, these PDFs, a lot of money is going in it because typically they are pieces of research, for example, from, from analyst companies that you want to, to gate. And then you just lose track. The only thing you have is, of course, the name because they, the people left their name to download it. Exactly. And by the way, we have additional ideas on what we're going to do with those PDFs, which is going to be also very exciting, but obviously till it's ready, so competitors won't do it in, in advance, I won't be sharing, but a lot of yet to come in this direction. Yeah. I was thinking about, I mean, the whole augmentation side, because this is, this is typically, of course, it is going to be a, a big help to marketeers. Out of all the, yeah, the things that you do in the background to, to help with navigation on the website and, and to provide visitors the next step on the, on the journey, do you also use that knowledge to provide it back as sort of guidance to marketeers how to, for example, improve, improve the, the content they are going to create from that moment onwards? So we are currently, and you spoke about focus, in, in terms of focus, we are not a BI or insights tool. There are many other tools that try and track, you know, the journeys on the website and tell you which content is better and, okay. uh, and, and attribution. However, we have all the data. And I'm, I, I might be using this data uh, later on to help our customers do better content marketing that will help the machine get better. So it needs to be very much in alignment with how our machines work. And then we can see, for example, you know, just, just as a direction, if a certain blog goes up and we see that it's not getting as much traction and, and the machine doesn't get engagement for it, we can try later on and analyze what went wrong with that blog versus other blogs in terms of the length, the content and other things and, and you know, provide this information. But as you can understand, this is a total different kind of sure. module, sure. but it is a potential uh, growth uh, channel that we can do in the future. We have all the data needed. Yeah. From all the things that you've seen currently with your customers, what are you most proud of? What is an anecdote that, that sticks? I think there are a few that the, the Best one is always, you know, when you go into a customer, you think that the likeliness of him implementing your tool is, is low because he already is using a bigger competitor. But he, after he sees the demo, he says, I want to try it. There's something that that competitor doesn't give me. And the reason I'm saying it is because we are in a very competitive and red ocean world in terms of marketing, both, both in terms of direct competition, but even more in terms of budget, you know. So many people are trying to get the, the technology budget for marketing from the marketing team because it's growing every year. And uh, I think that that's the, you know, the, 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 the funnest part when you demo and you get it. But it's not the only one. You know, there's other cases where we do a demo and we're we being asked, but how do I control this? How do I tell the machine that this is the journey? And you know, we tell them, you don't. You don't need to. It's not a workflow. You, you need to get used to the fact that you're guessing or guesstimation, you know, based on what you know. The machine actually knows what it does. It's based on actual science. Yeah, uh, and, and people are not used to that because all the tools today are based on workflows or based yeah, exactly. on, you know, triggers. And we're trying to minimize that because doing that, one, is not as effective as a machine, and two, it's a lot of work. So that's like the points where I really like on the demos when being asked these kind of 
questions and, and you know, getting people to understand that the next generation is here. Yeah, and I think that's also where, where people come to the realization, wait a minute, some, something is now taken from me that I used to do, but they were, they were doing it not, well, not because they are skilled or, or better to do it, but it's just because there was nothing else available well, to get it done in the first place. And it's about also, you know, it depends on their role. But if their role is, uh, you know, they're the content owner and they're responsible yeah. for pushing it out, then it frees up their time to write better and more content. If uh, on the digital side, the, the, it frees them up to do, you know, better analysis on their data rather than on maintaining the tool and telling it what rules should be applied. So eventually we're freeing up time that's very precious to our users to do what they are good at and not you know compete with what a machine can do better that's what it's all about that's how these roles are are Change. evolving yeah, yeah exactly i'm currently starting a platform that's that is kind of driving that conversation you know what will your job look like or what should it look like in 2025 yeah it's uh, very if, if, if we are working together in harmony with the technology in the best possible way so that's uh, that's interesting so out of the things that you've learned the tidbits of wisdom as i call it what would you advise a, a marketing manager to do different? Should they start thinking different? Yes, I think that one of the things that still are very hard is the balance between quantity and quality in terms of, you know, most in my arena and in inbound and content marketing. And, but I think you can also, you know, extract it to, to other areas in marketing as well. Basically, we are always running about the quantity and not the quality and you can get much better if you do things more strategically and invest more thought into what you do instead of doing more of the same. Marketing keeps changing very fast. If you copy too much other methods that others are using, you're kind of lacking behind. Exactly. And, and you must be like all the time on top of things and especially before your competitors. And this requires a lot of out-of-the-box thinking and how to leverage you know, the tools and the channels that you have to make the most. And, and that's why I think that in terms of being a marketeer today, you cannot say, okay, Facebook works great, let's run and run a campaign on Facebook because you'll be spending much more whether if you go and say, what am I trying to achieve? Is Facebook obviously the right channel? And if it is, how am I going to do it different than what I've seen so far to get, grab the attention? Because eventually, as marketeers, our main goal is to grab attention and to, you know, from all the noise that our target audience is, is getting every day. So yeah, definitely, the, you know, unlike in the past where everyone were doing a lot of the same things and it was easier to copy today because of all the noise, to be different, you need to, to invest a lot in thinking about your strategy and your campaign and how you do it differently and what will catch and everything. Once you nail that, you can run with it for a certain period. And then again, you need to change. And by the way, this is something machines can, I don't see in the near future how they change, you know, this part. They will change exactly. the execution, but they cannot change the human brain and the thinking out of the box. Completely agree. Completely agree. And that's the beauty of it. That's where... When once you get kind of your full focus on the creative side and the problem solving side, and you then have the, the 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 outcome of that, then this technology can help you scale, and then it becomes a multiplier. So true. So what's next for you? What is your greatest aspiration? I think that currently, you know, what we're looking at is, is expanding our our product to you know to support all the features and needs of our existing customers, and obviously growing. We have so much on the plate that we want to do in so many directions. We're yet, you know, 
a relatively small team that needs to expand as we go. And I believe that, you know, it would be very interesting to see the kind of partnerships and correlations that we can do with other tools out there. Because the way I look at marketing today, besides the marketing automation and the CRM being like a major hub that everyone has, all the other tools out there, bigger and smaller, are kind of dealing with more focused and targeted challenges. And eventually it's how you connect all this and, and you know, build a marketing stack that's the right for most of the customers. And that's where we want to be. And we want to be part of that mandatory stack that everyone needs. They have the marketing automation for lead management and for outbound. And we want them to have us as the inbound and the qualification for those unknown leads coming in. And then, you know, there's the CRM and other tools that take it down the funnel. So that's like how we want or wish things will proceed. Nice challenge ahead, I would say. But yeah. it's, it's, well, like I said, it's a nice challenge to have because it's, it's, um, it's a fascinating space to be in today. So what is your big ask? What, what can listeners to the podcast do to help you? Well, I think that what's interesting for me is to learn more about where our solution can help beyond. We're today very seeing a lot of attention, uh, you know, attention from customers on the tech world. Uh, I would be interested to see if in other domains this could be also interesting uh, to learn more about partnerships. Uh, we are, we're very focused on uh, Western Europe and, and the U.S., but if there's other regions that listen to this podcast or hear about us and they think there's potential to go in those markets, that could be interesting. Uh, other solutions that may be integrated uh, that may be interesting. These are the kind of yep. things that I'm all, always on the look for. Well, I'll, uh, I'll definitely, uh, I'm eager to see what, what comes out of it. I'll definitely also post it on the platform. So okay. good. Where can people go to find out more about ClickClap and about you to say hello? So first of all, I'm, I would be happy to connect with anyone in the domain uh, on LinkedIn. Simply look for uh, Jonathan Sneer on LinkedIn and uh, Maybe we can have also a link on the podcast itself. And uh, go to clicklapcl.com. We have a nice website. There is an option to leave details there and the way we can take it from there. Or you can simply email me. It's y-o-n-a-t-a-n at clicklap.com. Simple, but effective. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan, for your interesting insights. I, uh, this is definitely an area that, that I, well, I mean, I've seen firsthand is still underdeveloped with regards to attention and uh, potentially enormous value for companies. So, Thank you uh, very much. Thank you for having me and the opportunity. Looking forward to see the next podcast coming in. Okay. Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Thank you, Tom. And for everybody else that's listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Jonathan Sneer, co-founder and CEO of ClickLab. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations. And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas and that starts with you. 
you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.